They say small business is the backbone of America. So what's the best way to support a small business? It is to learn more about them and share with your family and friends. We interview founders from across the world who have started and scaled their business through the ups and downs, long hours, and the rewards that come from sacrificing their time to build their business. Welcome to First to Arrive, Last to Leave, The Journey of an Entrepreneur. All right, so welcome to another episode of First to Arrive, Last to Leave. Today we have... I always say special, but this one's extra special. No, I don't special. know about that. But. <laughs> no, like we've got one in the 10K SB well, one poster of, children, and one of the most that is that is not true. <laughs> and one of my favorite people that I've met through this whole process. Yeah. Like, I loved no, hanging no. out with you in DC. It was amazing. Yeah, we had fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this, and I have new Ted. Well, I'll introduce you first before we start giving background. Yeah. This is Ted Hill. So mm-hmm. Ted is the former owner founder of. Life Benefits Incorporated. Yep. You've got the exit, which we want to yep. talk a lot about the exit. Sure. You're currently the vice president and head of employee benefits brokerage at Players Health. Yep. I want to talk about that because, like, you're supposed to be living the life. Why are you still working? But we can talk about it. Yeah, I should have, but no, I love I mean, what am, I'm not, what, what, what am I going to do? Like, what do you do? Like, I probably got to die with my boots on, you know, <laughs> hopefully it's probably, you know, like, Hopefully it's ski boots. Yeah. You know, really. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just, I enjoy working. I enjoy helping people. Um, and this is like a part of the world that I've never gotten to do. And so it was a, it's a great adventure. And so why not? Yeah. But you just like made him like, I need 10 weeks of ski time a year off type of deal. Is that well, actually, part of the package? Yeah, actually, that's kind of funny because like I did, I told them, I said, well, before I start, I do have a 10-day ski trip that I'm going to go take. <laughs> we had to call it. Yeah, so, yeah, I did. I was like, I, I'm going to going to Colorado. So Nice. Yeah. That's the way to do it. Yeah, it wasn't. I got priorities, too. You know? Hey. Yeah. Skiing, yeah. to me, is a big priority. No, as it should be. So- before we jump in, I want to go into like life benefits. You yep. had been there for like it's not it wasn't a fresh business. You'd been it's twenty. You'd been there for twenty, 20 years. Yeah, twenty years. So talk a little bit about what, how you got into that, yep. and you know some of the I don't want to go all ups and downs, but just a little bit about that journey as a oh, as a business was, owner. Yeah, it was a lot of it was a family run on an operated business. Sorry. So family like father, I mother. Worked, well, I worked with my I worked with my dad. Okay. God so, bless you. Uh, you know, my mom and dad met at Blue Cross and Blue Shield many, many moons ago. Uh, fell in love, all the stuff. Got married, um, and then my dad got out and got into the insurance industry, and my mom got out and got into to residential real estate. And then uh, at uh, college, I wanted to be pre med. I wanted to to be a psychiatrist and do all this, and then realized like I am just I'm not made up. So I did you know the next smart thing and got into sales, and then. Baylor had a, a life, in, not life insurance, but had an insurance track. And so uh-huh. I got a major in insurance at, at Baylor and got out and worked in my dad's brokerage firm at the time for like a year and a half. And I realized like a year and a half into it, like it was like I wasn't learning anything. Like I needed to fine tune my sales. I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I was going out there and kind of shadowing him and doing stuff. And it just, it wasn't working. So I was like, hey, dad, look, I'm sorry, but peace out. I'm I gotta quit. And uh, he took that one pretty well. Um, and when I got the telecom industry for, I don't know, seven years, and that's mm-hmm. where I really got trained and yeah. just went corporate world. I went to, worked at Sprint for two years and 
I don't know if you've never worked at a big corporation. I mean, yeah. they literally were like, what do you want to get trained in? Oh, okay, here you go. Here you go. Like, it's almost hard to make your numbers at the corporate world because they're training you so much. Mm-hmm. So got super trained. But also when I was at Sprint, I started seeing things. I was like, I'd go talk to channel sales and they were like, hey, you know, like our, our vendors, when they sell that three-year contract, they get paid every month. And I was like, but they get paid every single month. Yeah, same thing you get paid. And I was like, you realize I only get paid three months? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> and they come on the wrong side of the fence here. <laughs> yeah. Like that was when like the light bulb clicked and I'm like, I'm going to start my own business someday. Like that was my journey of like this, I'm on the wrong side, like the people out there. And so I really thought I was eventually gonna get into telecom consulting. Mm-hmm. Um, and and go down that path and that really was i love the technology side i love the nerdy geeky stuff i can get up on a whiteboard and nerd out with frame relay and talking about connections in you know 256k here and megabits and all that kind of stuff and um but for some reason the telecom market crashed well i think we all know why when you look back on you know mci and worldcom yeah killed it and so the market kind of dried up real quick and i just didn't know what I was going to do. And I just was like, guess insurance, you know, <laughs> uh, I didn't get to, it didn't get to do what I wanted to do before, you know, in, uh, at Baylor and go the, the pre-med route. So I, same thing here. I didn't get to go to the telecom route. So we'll fall back on insurance. And so I went and worked for a little group up in Frisco for a year, uh, selling mini med plans, but kind of getting back into creating mini med plans and selling them and all that kind of stuff, just get my feet wet. And, and then I just decided that's not what I wanted to do and what they were doing, you know, I could do. And so I was on a ski trip. I seem to be talking a lot about skiing. Yeah. I see I a pattern here. Yeah, I know. I do, I do too. I like, yeah. I like it dope. <laughs> um, anyways, we're on a ski trip and I, I told my dad, I'll, we're on a trip, I said, hey, um, I'm going to run an idea by you. I want to start my own business. And he was like, great. Hey, what are you going to do? Insurance. And he was like, what? Crazy? <laughs> are you going to be my competitor? Better. <laughs> he was working. He had sold his, he had sold his oh, brokerage too. So, so I was going to ask you why you didn't go back and work for him. Okay. Yeah, he sold. Because he, because I, when I was in telecom, I, things were going so well. Like I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to go. I let my license lapse, all that kind of stuff. And I never really thought I was going to go back in yeah. the insurance world. And um, so then had a talk about it and we started joking around about names and we're all this funny stuff and um he was like you know i'm really not happy where i am either um and maybe we could maybe we could do this together and and that was you know you know six years into it that was like the death of me that was the commitment like that was because i would never wish anyone working on in a family business together it is it is not for the faint of heart it is not easy there was a lot of there's no real separation of family yeah. and business. And we, we struggled really, for the first six years, we struggled with that really, really bad. And so um, anyways, we started it. Um, we started out as like the Hill Group and then we were like some other name. And then uh, we landed on life benefits and it just stuck. Um, and we just kind of started kind of rolling down. And it was just, it was an interesting journey and it was fun and had, thousands of challenges and thousands of arguments and thousands of things that we shouldn't have done and um and then i got into goldman sachs and had already been trying to get pull a lot of things from the one of the biggest problems we had is that he still saw me as a son not as a business partner 
Interesting. Yeah, and so that was like really, really tough, and you can't, you can't do that. And then he also would probably was protecting me too much, so I wasn't learning, and he wasn't letting me learn or going, hey, you need to, you need to go do twenty phone calls today. We need, we need two appointments, or you need to do these proposals and and do this. He wasn't doing that, and so we fought, and then we ended up starting to fight about things of like. Are we really making money? Like, how how do we know we're making money? Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. call call our CPA. Call the CPA. Talk to him. And I would the CPA be like, well, you know, this and that. Yeah, y'all are making money. And that he would give me a lot of details. And I was like, I want details. And so, and then I wanted marketing. And then I wanted to get someone to help us do proposals and 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 do process paperwork and all that. And it was just we kind of just started fighting all about this stuff. And then one day I. Uh, took a, a, a executive leadership course at SMU and through that I met a guy named uh, a guy here in Dallas named Jeff Strasa and Jeff is a family counselor but he's a family business counselor Ooh. and so Jeff yes, yeah. Jeff came in <clears throat> and he basically just laid out a bunch of stuff for us to look at and do and we probably met with Jeff for like six, six months and it really just kind of changed the whole dynamic it really put us apart separated us as people my dad kind of saw some things. He started giving way on some stuff. We ended up hiring a bookkeeper. Um, we ended up doing some marketing stuff. So we spent a little bit of money to kind of get our brand and our image mm-hmm. going well. Um, and and then I got into, to Goldman Sachs. He had decided he was going to, you know, finally sunset out and I was going to take over. But I still was like, what do I do? Yeah. How do I do all this? Mm-hmm. Like. I don't know what I don't know about small businesses. I mean, you could go to college, you know, and they don't really prepare you all that well for running a small business. Yeah. So. What changed for you with Goldman? Like, what were some of those, like, light bulb moments for you? Know your numbers. That was, like, the biggest one. And I, I, I go back on that all the time. Like, I knew our numbers. We had a bookkeeper. She was good. The CPA. The CPA was my dad's friend kind of caused some problems because I wouldn't really get the full story mm-hmm. but the bookkeeper would show me some of the full story but when I went to Goldman Sachs there were people like going you need to do QuickBooks online and then I would talk to my bookkeeper and she'd be like well I don't do QuickBooks online so if you want to do that you're on your own and I was like I don't want to be on my own yeah <laughs> I, I still need you because I she I, I loved her she was this old German lady and she still had German accent but she had this German you know roughy attitude She's a little scary yeah yeah but I loved her, her name is Yuda and I just I loved Yuda and uh, um, so she was great but I was like you know hey all these people I were talking to were like QuickBooks online it'll change your world and I was like great you know another software program i gotta go learn it's tough and it took me about three months to really get in there and figure stuff out and get stuff in there i luckily a friend of mine matter of fact a really good friend of my dad's that i had been hunting with uh back in high school and stuff his son was a bookkeeper and just had moved into our building and he was like i'll help you get your, your quickbook set up and all that and i was like thank you and he was half the cost of what my other bookkeeper was so he got me all set up, and they just started doing all my journal entries for me, and he started just showing me little little things to get get set up. And then once I got in there, I could literally look every month and go, we're making money, we're not making money. Yeah. What did I do here? What do I do here? What are our expenses? Where am I spending money that's kind of frivolous stuff? Mm-hmm. And where am I doing this? And one of the biggest expenses we had was rent. Like, mm-hmm. I we had a super nice office. I had 
I mean, I had a ridiculous, I had a, I had a conference room, almost had a conference room in my office. That was, my office was that big. We put a, we ended up putting a table in my office that we would all meet at. And I just was like, I'm sitting up there and we didn't have all our employees anymore. And my dad was sunsetting out and he was just coming up there and just tinkering around with the stapler, you know, and stuff like that, <laughs> quick, quick, and cutting paper. And, you know, it was just, it just was stuff. It was just, he was just in the way. And then, so... He finally sunset out, and I just was like, I was like, how long is this lease? And it was two years, and I was like, I will, I will sit here for two years and make this work, and then knowing that we'll springboard out of this in two years and release all this funds and and stuff like that, yeah. and so and now we're now we're in a I'm in a small space, probably about this big, and there's there's two of us in there. We sit back to back, and I, and I love it. Simple, yeah. it's easy. I don't want a huge big office. I mean, that's not, that's not what you want. If you want to make money and you want to generate revenue and you want to have a successful business, you've got to cut costs somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you're not watching your numbers, you don't know your numbers and you don't know how that stuff's laid out, then you don't know where you're spending money. Yeah. But if you're not making money, you're spending more somewhere and you need to go in there and start cutting that stuff mm-hmm. out. So it was, it was a tough lesson, but that was by far, hands down, the biggest thing that I got to help me come out of there and then the other thing was connections like you get so many connections yeah in goldman sachs because they really are it's like you you go in this community you don't know anybody they set you at this table of four strangers you look across the table and it's all these weird you know i don't want you tell like you don't know me don't tell yeah. me wh- what i need to be doing or how i should be doing things. and then by the end of it you're all like where are your kids with your birthday and yeah. all this and it's just so much fun and i you know i still Still, one of the people at my table is still a client today, and wow, I love her to death. I mean, she is she is a hoot, and we we just got along so great during the class. And the other lady, she sold her business, and no one's really heard of uh, the other lady that we that sat at our table. But yeah. it's just great. So you yeah. make all these people and all these friends, and then they care about you and they love you. They hear your stories. You hear mm-hmm. you're sharing your struggles with these strangers, and they're all like, "Oh, I've had the same thing." So you mm-hmm. find out like holy shit, I'm not alone. I'm not yeah. crazy right. or I'm not the, like, I'm not the failure amongst a bunch of like uber successful people, right. you know? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. you know, if you're going to build a business, you can't do it alone. No. no. And so it's great to be a solo entrepreneur, but you're never going to make it, make it big. No. And so you've got to do it with others and it's either got to be, you know, like y'all said, we were out here in the hallway talking, like someone's got to come in, you've got to give control of, of stuff. Mm-hmm. Or you're just going to get tunneled and you're just going to go down this tunnel for the rest of your life. You've got to get people in, either 1099s to help you, or you've got to hire people to help you. And you got to have to hire, you know, good talent. And I would suggest you hire talent that is not your skill set so that your skill set doubles when you hire yeah. somebody. Yes. And a lot of people don't think about that. But that was the other thing that in Goldman Sachs, they, they we go through this whole module of, you know, how to hire people and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So. And how, when, when you were going through the program, were you already, were you looking at a growth strategy to continue to scale or were you already on that trajectory to, to sell? I never, I thought I was going to be life benefits till I die. Like literally it was, it really came, came, the whole thing came out of a loop. But when I was at life benefits, no, it was to scale. And I did scale. We, we gained, I gained a lot of business and we reduced a ton of expenses going through the program and just starting to see things and working with like Deb Pervin and Paul, uh, and all them. And just, um, 
I'll be having them just with their expertise and knowledge just sharing everything was actually really, really helpful and eye-opening. And then we hired some people. I finally, I did let go of some stuff and we outsourced stuff. We outsourced, you know, our, our, uh, for the second time, we outsourced to a new different broker, uh, I mean, a um, a bookkeeper. Um, That was really kind of it. That was... I had no idea that I was going to sell my business. It literally came, it was a strange phone call that came one day. So we're going to talk about that, (laughs) but I want to know like where you, okay, so you're kind of in this business for life. Your dad retires, you're on your own, you go through the program. How far in from that experience did you find the, like, it was kind of like, I'm a little, I don't want to be on my own versus where you kind of felt like you had this under control. Well, I don't know if you ever feel like you have it under control. But... I don't know if you ever have it under control. <laughs> it's always. Like, yeah. The balls were in the air and you had a good steady juggle on them. We'll put it that way. Yeah. It was probably for me, like some people, like one of the, one of the, one of the ladies at my table, literally, I went and talked with her like six months after the program and I, she was on like fire. Like I've done everything, like my growth plan and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, you're, you're amazing. But her company was probably about 40 people. So she wow. had people, whereas I was, there were two of us. So and I went back. So I was a really small business. I, I had outsourced 1099 people between everything. We probably, probably worked with 10. So, but really like me seeing someone every single day, there was like, there was two of us. Wow. Um, and so I just didn't have that. So it took me longer to implement my my strategy and all that kind of stuff. So it was about two or three years into before we started doing everything, kind of getting it humming and moving along. Um, you know, we we in we we built out a, a care calendar where we basically would do something for a client every quarter or every or every month, uh, making sure that they're being touched, making sure that they're being connected with that we're calling them, sending them a postcard, uh, an email or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, getting just different services implemented, kind of working out how we would do our, uh, you know, uh, customer service and roll out our proposals and get people enrolled and stuff like that. And um, the other thing is, is my dad was big on every opportunity is an opportunity. Well, that's that's not really true. Yeah. You know, so I narrowed our focus down to kind of a certain group size, small, working on more smaller businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also I kind of started to thump that that we would be a family business. So I did a bunch of research on doing being a family business and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. laying all that stuff out, getting marketing in place, changing up strategy and kind of being able to spread my time out more where we could call people mm-hmm. and be more customer service friendly, just it was just took a lot longer. And so So the phone call. Yeah. So um <laughs> My uh, my dad passed away oh, I'm sorry. in like August, um, uh, and and so um, I still relied on him. My dad was still up to you know the last, you know, really I guess the last three months, but he still was pretty sharp. Like literally, probably three weeks before he passed away, I'd called him and said, "Hey, I'm trying to get an idea of like who can I call about X, Y, Z." He was like, "Oh, call." call this guy over at principal because he's know this and tell him I said hello and looked at he will take care of you because he was great and all this and he started going down all these stories I mean he could still rattle off and had people he was like you know you know he could connect me with and stuff like that and and it was helpful but I had someone as a sounding board that was in the insurance world Mm -hmm. that I 
could utilize. And, mm-hmm. and, and my dad, my dad passed away. Um, and so I didn't really have that confidant. Now I had someone working with me, which is a whole nother, another funny story. Um, and she was able to take over my business when all my dad, like kind of had we gone down that, and all yeah. that. And, and, um, so Crystal takes over my business. Um, I rush over, you know, go, go help my dad and, you know, he's, he's passing away. And so I'm just, you know, kind of really kind of distraught for a couple of weeks and kind of goes on. And then we get into October and this guy that I went to college with that I played rugby with at Baylor and he texts me and goes, Hey, uh, do you got a couple of minutes? And I was like, you want George? What's going on? And he was like, Hey, just, I, can I give you a call? And I was like, sure. And he's like, Hey, he's like, Hey, he's George. If you know him, George is, he's, he's just a, he's real gruffy. He's good dude. One of the best guys I've ever known. And I owe him so much for this opportunity that I'm in. And he's like, Hey, I met with these guys today and I uh, had lunch with them and they're, they've actually heard about you, uh, from someone else out in, in California. And he, they asked me if I, if I knew you and what I thought of you and he's like they want to reach out and talk to you would you at least give them five or ten minutes and Deb Pervin always said never never not talk to someone about selling your business like always listen to every offer no matter what it is whether it's good or bad you can always say no yeah and I was so I was like you know what George absolutely I will totally listen to him and so this guy named Naveen calls me um in Naveen's run in the, in the in the entrepreneurial world in the insurance world he was the ceo over at uh, hallmark financial and all this and uh he said hey we have this thing at that uh, called players health and here's what we're looking to do and do you have any interest on hearing some more about and spending some time together and i was like i said you know i said look i really i get hit up a lot like brokerages like all different brokerages are always trying to cannibalize one another. And they just had something a little bit different going on. Mm-hmm. It's kind of more in the sports world, which was really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was VC backed, which was really interesting to me. And it just had some pretty unique characters in there. And then what they needed was something I was like, I'm actually really good at that. And so we, we talked and I wasn't really intrigued at first. Um, but when we had the talk and I met Naveen and, and hearing him, I was like, this this could be a pretty legit opportunity. Um, and then from there, I went and met with uh, uh, the COO of the company. We had lunch and kind of bantered back and forth on insurance terminology and education and just having a bunch of questions. And, you know, he basically was just the kind of filling me out to make sure that he and Naveen because what I ended up finding out is that Naveen is the he's the strategy guy he is like mm-hmm. I can see three or five years down the road and I know what we need to do and then in the COO David uh who is also a phenomenal mind he he comes in and cleans up all the messes to make sure that we're, we're going forward so it's kind of like the the Mardi Gras parade you know Naveen is out there planning the parade knows where it's going to go everybody's going to have a good time and David comes in and everyone's models and beads and David gets to clean up and but they made a great they made a yeah. great team and I was like I see how y'all work together and I said I think this could be interesting I said because I do work alone and I said and I do and I did miss my dad and I still and I still do because he was just such a such an influence even though you know when we were working together it was bad at times I mean it was so bad at times I quit for six months wow um and went into this horrible 
we call it my gray period, um, <laughs> which is for another whole day. What businesses and family businesses can do to you, and but anyways, and so I, I but I told Naveen, I was like, I, this is interesting. So um, what happened from there? It was Christmas and the holidays, and so everything just got real, real slow, and so every all the whole process slowed down, and we would talk like once a month, and so I was like, I don't even know if they're going to be serious. So then it was like. January 15th and he was like hey I'm calling um so we we think we think we want to make you an offer and I kind of was like oh great and I wasn't like super excited but I wasn't like super dead but I was like oh here we go and I was like and so I we started going down the process and I I luckily we ma- I made a couple of early mistakes and then luckily uh in talking with like Deb and some other friends I quickly circled back and made some corrective stuff and I you know we ended up agreeing to something I don't know sometime in like March and then finally signed everything in 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 April what were the mistakes my biggest mistake was I didn't write their offers down I didn't spreadsheet it it was oh. a huge error because when I did and I started spreadsheeting everything which you know in insurance all we're doing is spreadsheets so simple i am a master of anything simple on excel <laughs> me too but like you go and you like get these like cpas and all these people who like there are some people who can go in there and like it is like excel's massive mm-hmm. and i i know but i'm really good but, so i was so mad at myself i'm like i live in excel every day like what have i done like so i went through and i realized that their offers had gotten worse when i thought they were getting better and i was like i got i got Interesting. Yeah, and I laid it all out, and I laid out my story, and I was very well thought out and very analytical about it. And I said, "This is what I've seen has happened. This is where I know what you're go- what you're going to do. I know your runway that you want for my business and how long you need me involved." I said, "So here's where we are. I think we've gone here, and we need to we need to go here because one, yeah, I was like when I made my offer." You know, of course you're going to counter. We're going to do this back and forth a number of times. I said we should be meeting in the middle. That's really where we should be going until we all get comfortable with something. Um, I said, but you're not. And so they're like, all right, well, let us come back. And they came back and redid everything. And I made a couple other asks. You know, a couple of ski trips, yeah, things like that. Yeah, exactly. And then <laughs> uh, ski resort. Yeah, I, did. I I actually just found I just went skiing with one of my co workers and he literally he said look I this is seriously because I did not negotiate it at my contract that um anytime it snows more than 10 inches in the mountains that I have the right to to take off and not count against my vacation and I was like dang it (laughs) ask for that one darn it that's a genius yeah Yeah. but you know you can do that you know if it's your destiny and if they want you bad enough and so I think what they were showing were like they really did want me Mm -hmm. and I was showing that I kind of knew what I was doing and even though I made a mistake that I was able to go back and get it corrected but I when when you go into an offer and you're going in negotiation on an M&A deal you have to start spreadsheeting the offers immediately like everything every little meticulous thing and if you don't you, you might not know what they're doing the second time around because you got to think, I mean, they're probably running it by an attorney and a CPA mm-hmm. and they're smart numbers guys and they've got VC people behind yeah. them. And then you're there at a table by yourself and you're, you know, your dad's not there. So um, I leaned on Deb Pervin like heavily during that. And, I, and I've told her, I said, I, 
And I told her this at, at a dinner table. I said, I would not be where I am right now without the the help of Deb Perfin. Like yeah. literally in what she did for me and the time and her just, she's so patient. She's so she's smart. Amazing. She also owned a ski resort. I mean, we just got to throw that in there, <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so she was wonderful. I mean, it was, it was great. And she's like, Ted, you, you need to go get an attorney before you sign anything. Um, she goes, but send it to me as well. And so I had like three or four people read the contract and got an attorney involved as well. And so I made all my corrections, but I wouldn't have had any of that. Like literally none of that help if I had not said, you know what? I want, I don't know what I'm doing. I need some help and I want to go learn. And Goldman Sachs is the place and their programs, a place to go do it. Cause none of, I don't, none of that would have, would have happened. I wouldn't have been able to grow in my business and gotten people in place that I needed in place to help me grow and to be a better company. I would not have had, you know, people like Dead Pervin or Paul that I could have talked to. Yeah. You know, um, and I wouldn't have met great people, you know, uh, to, to have conversations with or people to tell me to use QuickBooks online. And it's, it might be daunting to learn it to start out with, but once you get into it, it literally will show you like where you're making mistakes. Yeah. Um, so it's uh it's been it's been an interesting journey for sure. Uh yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> uh so I'm curious now you've you've exited. So what was the what was that transition period like? Are are you are you still in it? How does that work? The, so we I signed a five year deal. Okay. Um and so uh you know, I am in it and um you know, it just depends on where the VC people want to go. I mean, we all know like VC people, when they go invest in businesses, they want to, they want to flip it in three to five years. Mm-hmm. So I'm not at year one yet, but we're probably at year, well, not year. We're probably at 18 months into when the whole thing kind of kicked off with the company when they got their big round. So, yeah, we'll see where it goes over the next couple of years, you know, but the whole thing that we've all talked about is, you know, so we want to we want to build a unicorn, but unicorns are tough to tough to build. I mean, there's not. I mean, there's only like 1,100 of them in the world, so it's it's a big big growth deal. Yeah. Um. So, but I've already doubled my book of business in eight months with them. So, we're do we're doing something right, but we're all, we're constantly, constantly working on stuff. I mean, the company is a ton of smart people. My team is phenomenal. My team is. Uh, not really doubled, but you know the people I have access to. I have so many smart yeah. people that I have access to, so it makes it good working in the sense. But I will tell you what, I sure wish I could go back to making my own damn decisions. So I was going to ask that: What's it been like going from <laughs> running your own business to employee? Like, no, that is not. That's that's like the that's the knife on my side. That is shit. That is hard. That is yeah. Just, it kills me sometimes. Like I'm like, let's just make the damn decision. I know what to do. And they're like, wait a minute, let's talk about the feelings and let's talk about this. And I'm like, ah, yeah. like I just like, I, this is what we need. And so it, I don't, I'm not saying they're on the wrong. I, I had to adjust what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I think is really the way it should be. If you're getting frustrated, it's usually because you don't have the smarts to, to know, like to, to go and communicate what you're doing. So just pause, be quiet, work on yourself yeah. and go from this. I have, I'm having to work on, on myself a lot on how to kind of, kind of do it. Cause I'm not used to it for 20 years. 
you know, I either fought with my dad on this, you know, you're a jerk, no, you're, get out of here, you know, that kind of stuff, or I made the decision on my own, and I was yeah. like, no, I know where to go, I know what to do here, I know what to do here, um, so it's not, it's not easy, you know, yeah. I've got to run stuff by people, I can't just go out and be like, oh, my computer's slow and it doesn't filter Zoom correctly, I'm just going to go order a $2,000 computer. Now I got to be like, hey, IT, this is what's going on. Can you help me? And they're like, well, you know, we could, you know, let's just try to see if, it, let's just call back, call me back in two weeks. I was like, I need this now. Yeah. And there's no more like, you can't just rush and go do things, which is good and bad. Yeah. You know, so I'm having to be a little more patient, and but it's okay. I work with a lot of really good people. Yeah. My team is really awesome. I told my team I loved them this morning. It was such a it was sweet. It was, it was really sweet. Going really back did. though, would you do the di- would you do the deal any differently? No, no. I re- I actually think <clears throat> I negotiated it pretty pretty well. I mean, I'm sure there was mis- there were some mistakes that I did. Um, I mean, obviously, I think the biggest thing, and I will kick myself uh, for it, is not mapping out the deals mm-hmm. initially, like right off the bat. Like it's something I should have done. But otherwise than that, I mean, it literally was out of the blue. Um, everyone was at the right time, although it is funny that when I go into my notepads, because um, I, I keep, like, notepads and I note in it all all the time and every day, and I keep stacked, I actually went back through all mine uh, looking for something else, and I went across this note from, note from George, uh, like, two years before Players Health bought me, George was telling me about this company called Players Health, and I wrote Players Health and circled it. And I was oh. like, oh, that is weird. That's that is interesting. really weird. So George was kind of kind of telling me what's going to be going on in my life two years down the road. It's kind of strange. I don't want to know George that well. I was going to say, George is like a psychic. He is a psychic. <laughs> He's got like special him. powers. Yeah, he has got special. He does. George does have special powers. George is a good guy. He and I uh, played rugby together at Baylor. Um he was one of the only guys that knew how to play rugby and, and coached us and all that kind of stuff. But there's a there's a group of us, a real good tight knit group of us. We've all been in invited to or participated in one another's weddings all over the years. Yeah. So so now he's the one that's helped me change awesome. my career path. Yeah. Another uh plug for networking and keeping your network tight, right? That is absolutely right. I mean I will and that's one of the things I will say is always be networking. Yeah. You know, you can never stop networking. Now, unfortunately, I somewhat have because our market now is so super niche. Like going out and meeting a bunch of people doesn't make a whole lot of sense yeah. right now. It's not a good use to my time and plus being in a VC company, I don't really have a lot of spare time. So it makes it tough to go to like, I used to network all the time. I would swear, like you should always be networking, like from day sun up to sundown, wherever you could go, do that, meet, meet as many people as you can. Um, it's a little too niche for me right now. I just, it's kind of, I haven't figured it out yet. I'm still trying to figure out a lot. I mean, eight months into this and I'm still figuring things out that the company does and that I need to be doing and how to do things. It's yeah. I feel like quadruple honored that you found time today then. Well, I mean, y'all are awesome and fun and all I gotta do is come talk at a mic and sometimes I really just wanna say, Hey, can I leave early? Yeah. <laughs> and so that's what I did. I I work with Xavier and I said, I, I'm out. I'm leaving early. And he was like, Good. So 
You're like, I've been invited on a podcast. I have. So it's so cool. <laughs> it's the best podcast in all of DFW. Hey. 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 <laughs> so, <clears throat> okay, so I'm I was processing a lot of yeah. There's a lot of information. And has your like day to day life changed from being like the stress of being an entrepreneur mm-hmm. versus like now? I mean, you're still. It's just, it's a different, different. stress. It right? is a different. Yeah. It's totally different stress. So you know, on, on the stress of being an entrepreneur is the stress of like having enough cash flow, right? Right. Cash flow is king, and kind of making sure that you're making money and and all that, and how are you doing it? Um, but you know, being your own entrepreneur, being being your own business owner, you could be like, you know what? I'm stressed. It's Friday at noon. I'm out. I'm gonna go ride my bike. I'm gonna go get a massage. I'm gonna go read a book, or I'm gonna go to a movie or whatever. And you know, now I can't, like now I have, you know, we have projections and things that they want us to do and we have projects and, you know, I've got like 40 different people now that, you know, are counting on revenue being generated. Right. Because you know, our goal is to build a unicorn and you can't just lay around every day and not, not do work. So <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I have, I have stress, you know, and, uh, but it is a little bit different. I think right now I just... I feel a little bit more weight on my shoulders than I did as mm-hmm. being a solo person. Now I've got a lot of people that you're counting on this company being successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I need to just make sure I make the right smart decisions. Um, but then it's also, you've got, you've got tasks, you have things you have to get done. And then the, the, the stress is right now it's like we're, when I was running my own business, it was sales generated. You know, we were, yeah service and sales and i and i was like i will stay with my clients and love on them and care for them and white glove them all the time from from when i first shake their hands to where if they were ever to, to leave us or whatever mm-hmm. and now it's just um how do i do all of that and do projects and submit reports and you know create yeah. new things and so it's just um my stress is trying to adjust you know, to the new, new way of doing things and working with the team and things like that. And it's, it's had its problems, but it's, I, I'm telling me I work with a lot of really good people. There's a lot of really good, smart people doing what, what we're trying to build. And, um, our CEO's done a great job of getting, you know, people interested and his story is phenomenal. And, and I mean, there's just so many people in the company have these just phenomenal stories and, and our mission is great. Um, so at the end of the day, if I can just think back and look at all the good stuff in there, it's it's not really a whole lot of stress. Yeah. That's awesome. Want to do rapid fire? Yeah. Or I I'm, could sit and talk. I know. I'm like, I could go on. There's this. like all sorts of other questions running through my mind right now. And I'm like, why is this not going? All right. Rapid fire. Okay. Rapid fire. Yes. Rapid fire. Favorite beverage. So uh, in the morning, it's chicory coffee and cream. What's chicory? Is it a certain brand? Yeah. So chicory, they serve it at Cafe du Mall oh. in New Orleans. But I randomly just picked it up one day going, I just wanted to try some new coffees because I hadn't found the coffee that got me going. <laughs> I used to do like the Southern Roasted Pecan and it was great. And then one day we, I had chicory coffee and it was just like by mistake because the bag looked neat, although it was just like a community coffee bag, but yeah. it had a yellow and I put a little cream in there and was like, holy cow, this is tasty. It's super dark. Yeah. 
Um, I like the the darker the better for me. Yeah, it's kind of woody. Yeah, it's kind of woody. Chicory is a, a yeah. root. Yeah. So it's got a got like a little bit of a, a root flavor, but um, it's it's good. Every morning's chicory coffee. If I don't have it, um, I'm fine. But I mean, I haven't said need coffee. <laughs> not fine. Yeah, not fine. fine. But then in the afternoon or in the evenings, it's usually like uh, topo chico, lime topo chico, topo chico with lemons or whatever. So. There's something about that Topo Chico. There's just no other fizz water like it. And you know what's funny is like over in like Southern America and stuff, like it's the cheap stuff. It's this no one, like the poor people drink it. But over here in America, it's like served everywhere. Like we think it's like some gold. Yeah. You go to the store, you can barely ever find it. It's like three bottles up there. And you're like, oh, I better get those three. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, I've never never been in a situation where Topo Chico's been out. Oh yeah, I haven't. No, I'm very lucky. I don't. I never had it prior to moving um, here. So when I moved here, and I, I was like, there are a lot of bubbles. There's a lot. It's very. Oh yeah, it is very, very bubbly. bubbly. Yeah, yes. yeah. And the bubbles never go away. No. You open one of those liter bottles, and five days later, they're still. Bubbly. Oh yeah. Or you leave it out. Do they have it cranked? I have no idea how they do it, but yeah. I'm like, they ought to put that in Coke because Coke owns, owns them now. Really? Yeah. Right. Well, that makes me sad. Yeah. Uh, best advice you've ever been given? Um, man, I've ever been given. Um, well, I always believe in like I just always be networking, know your numbers, those kind of things. Um, we kind of already 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 covered those, but those are really probably my best advice. I would say I would stick with those. And you know when Not someone, super when someone says, no, your numbers, you know where it came from. That's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Oh, you went to Goldman Sachs, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, you, you know. Yeah. Do you, oh, do you know Deb Pervin? That's right. That's right. <laughs> Have you read books? <laughs> Have you gone skiing? That's right. Um, okay. You're throwing a dinner party. Yes. Uh, who's sitting at the table? Um... Marcos Limonis is is, mm-hmm. is the first. Mm-hmm. Um, he is he is phenomenal. He is great at business and making it simple, like people process and product. Like his whole show was phenomenal. Yeah, I actually got to run to him last year skiing. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, and he was awesome. So like I, uh, we ran into Merrill Street one time at the La Posada in Santa Fe many years ago with the SMUHR roundtable. And she was a snob. Oh, she was like, doesn't surprise me. We're, we're we're. She just was all this. And I asked Marcus. I go. I go. Marcus Lamolis. And he goes, Yes, that is me. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God, I'm some huge fan. I love your show. You know, people, product and process, all this. I said, Can I have a picture? And he goes, Absolutely. And I just was like, Oh, that is so awesome. Like he yeah. was. And he sat there and talked for a minute, but. You could tell he was like, like he was real quick at going. Well, it was great to meet y'all, and then just kind of shuffled yeah. off real quick. But I'd want him at the table. And then I might <laughs> throw some weird people in there, kind of like Ozzy Osbourne, you know? Oh. Like let's just throw some character in there. Yeah. Like, let's get someone who, who has been phenomenal. Like he's been successful. He might a little bit, yeah. A little bit, a bit strange in his earlier years, but that's his. That's his brain. I mean, he. Yeah. He's what he's ninety seven or I don't know, he's probably ninety seven, but he's like <laughs> old. Like, is he that old? I don't think he's that old. No, I think Ozzy, he's if you're listening, I'm so on sorry. The edges, yeah. though. Let's Google this. Google but it. he's not in good shape. Yeah, but I'm gonna yeah. go with still he just came out with an album. I'm did he really? it's actually pretty good. I'm gonna yeah. go with 
77. Okay. Okay. Keep what asking. You, you got it. All right. Oh, uh, 74. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh yeah. Dang. I was going to say 74. Darn it. Oh, my God. You had it. I was going older. He looks I was going older. So it's yeah. like, he's well, pretty good. The crazy. eyeliner helps, though. Yeah. Absolutely. The makeup. It's five years. Yeah. His face. The dark clothing makes him look skinnier. <laughs> yep. Who else? Uh, who else? Golly, I don't know. I would, uh, I don't know. I'd probably have my, my wife there. Um, I'd love to have <laughs> dinner with there. her. She better be there. She's like, I better be invited. Um, who else? I don't know. I, don't, I think it's those two people party. would be pretty good dinner party. Pretty good yeah. dinner party. I'd sit at the I mean, table. we could probably go down the line and just randomly start tossing people in there. But, you know, 80s rockers, any of those, you know, Gene Simmons, you know. Yeah. Anybody like that? Yeah. Twisted Sister. Let's just oh, throw in some random stuff. Real good. This is getting really, really different. Yeah. And then, but we got to keep some business people in there too. So you know, like Dan Pink, we could throw Dan yeah. Pink in there. Yeah. You know, to have some good conversation, stuff like that. So. So what is your well, your morning routine look like? Chicory coffee. Chicory and... coffee. Dogs. Yeah. So we have two, two miniature dachshunds. Uh, one named Lou that we've had for his whole life, and then we uh, one that was just given to us one day when we walked into <laughs> the pet daycare, and they're like, "Hey, y'all have two dachshunds. Would you want a third? And we're like, "Huh?" <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah. Would you want another one?" And Somebody I was just like, "Abandon their dog." Sort of. Uh, the the parent the grandparents passed away, and none of the kids wanted it, so they kept it up there. And um, one thing I was like, "Well, I." Yard dogs don't bark. And I was like, well, does he bark? And they're like, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> Bull, that dog, every morning, I am hungry. Roar, roar, roar. And I was like, Scooter, I'm feeding you. Roar, roar, get my food. <laughs> it was like so funny. Um, so it's, we, I get up. Most of the time, I'm not. I'm, I'm kind of bad right now. I just got over being, being sick. But um, usually I try to get up in the mornings and I I'll go for a jog. But I, if I can get out without the dogs, I'm good. Um, and then I come back and then it's dogs, feed the dogs, take them out, coffee, um, sit down, conversation with the wife, go to work, check emails. And then it's just into the grind, into the salt mines for, you know, <laughs> 10 hours. <laughs> and then, and then it's come home and, and it's either work out in the evening or it's, uh, cook dinner and, and just have some, have some alone time, maybe get some reading in or something like that. Awesome. So. What are you reading currently? Um, I just finished a book, and if you have not read this, I, everybody needs to read this, but Trillion Dollar Coach. Oh. It literally, so, can't remember the guy's name. It's about off the top of my head. I think I saw this. But is it, it's Bill, yeah. I think it's Bill Campbell. Yeah. And so, Bill Campbell passed away, um, and he swore he would never write a book. And it was probably, probably one of the greatest mistakes that, that he ever did. But he just was a big, grunty uh, football coach and didn't do real well. And I can't remember some East Coast team he coached. And he got into the marketing world. He had he was a big influence on the Apple commercial that was on uh, on uh, on the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He was a, had a big decision on that and uh, was a big influencer on getting that in on the air. Um, but he basically, uh, he is known as the uh, Silicon Valley business coach. So he, like any big name he spent time with, he had regular walks with Steve Jobs, 
Sarah Sandberg, I mean, all that. I mean, his, the list is amazing. But he basically, so what happened is two of the people that were influenced by him the most said, look, now that he's not here, he can't tell us we can't write the book. And they were like, ah. And so they wrote the book Trillion Dollar Coach in, in honor of him, but so that his practices that he taught all these people weren't lost. And it literally is like the gold nugget of, of, of heaven. I'm like, it just, it lays out so many great things, has so many good stories uh, about that. I mean, they really kind of say that he was the one that had the most influence on uh, formulating Google because he was working with everybody so much. Wow. Um, and so they, they say that Google works is really written about what he taught Google to do. Um, so, but Trillion Dollar Coach, hand down, I'm hands down, like all the books that I've read, that literally is probably like the best. I've actually listened to it twice. I've read it um, and I've read uh, book summaries of it. I've never done that with a book before, but I have like, it is phenomenal. I love it. Currently going to put an Amazon cart. Yeah. Yes. Top bucket list item, and it has to be ski related. Oh, it does. Uh, well, really, if it was <laughs> ski related, it would be uh, it would be go ski in, in Chamonix. So go go to France and ski. Um, or there's the one ski resort in South America that's got the yellow hotel at the base of it, and I can't remember the name of it off my off the top of my head, but it is another one. But skiing in France, yeah, would be would be a bucket list. Would you ever jump out of the helicopter? Sure. Have you? Yeah. No, but plane. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, same plane. type of thing. I yeah. would jump out. Jump out of something. Where are we doing? Where are we going? Well, I mean, to no, ski. to ski. Hell oh, to ski. ski? Yeah. Sure. I haven't hella skied, but that's another another good bucket list. So, are you saying you want to go skydiving? Yeah. When are we going? I want to go skydiving too. Actually. I've been. I've been. My dad. I should show you all the video. My video is absolutely hysterical. My sister went for her 18th birthday, and my dad's like, I'll go if you go. And he thought I said no. <laughs> and I said, heck yeah. So we all went. And yeah. you have the perma smile afterwards. And, you know, the morbid humor of it is that they pick you up in a hearse when you hit, you know, when you're down. And oh, no. Back. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> and, you know, and you just have that shit eating grin on your face yeah. for days. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, so I had mine videoed, and. You know, I'm up there, I'm on the plane, and they're like, hey, I'm doing this, and they, you know, piggyback, and they kind of turtle crawl you over, you know, to the window, and I'm looking out, and all of a sudden, I look down, and my eyes just go, like, huge, there's just, like, big bottles, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going, and they're like, yeah, and the guy's videoing it, and he's like, yeah, and we fall over, and I just go, ah, and for some reason, I'm reaching out for the guardrail in the sky to help me from falling, and I'm sitting here grabbing for this, and you just see this little motion, and I'm like, you know, you watch the video, you're like, what, what guardrail are you going for, sir? Clouds don't have, you know, it's whatever. I mean, you don't and, know that. And then so it's like, you're in a cloud. It's right. It's like 20 seconds later, and then all of a sudden I'm like, <laughs> yes, this is awesome. It's the. But it's that that first little. It is yes. a panic moment. Like, but I I would I would do it again. As a matter of fact, I have a certificate to go, do it again. Is it Rupon? No, <laughs> no, not a coupon. And I would not, I would recommend to anybody listening to this, do not get the coupon and go to that skydiving place. Go to some places very, very reputable. Yeah. No, but I bought a, a they donated something to an auction and I, I bought it. That's how okay. I got it the first time I bought it through a, a silent auction for a, a local charity. And then the second time I bought it through the, another big charity event. So... 
uh, a guilty pleasure. No, it's peanut butter. Mm. <laughs> it's so bad. I can't. We can't even keep it around the house. Like it has to be hidden. Like, like I love a spoonfuls. Yeah, peanut butter and like really bad jokes. Those two things and me go. That's those are my guilty pleasures. <laughs> a bad joke while eating peanut butter. Yes. That like yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that is it. We are gonna have fun. Yeah, that's peanut butter and 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 chocolate or peanut butter or anything. Oh. I've it's like been in my diet for like years but i literally i can't keep it around the house like literally i will go and just devour it it's tasty it's a good guilty pleasure yes Ted, my face hurts from laughing this is so <laughs> awesome thank you so much for doing this thank yes. you for being flexible yeah y'all are welcome thank you i appreciate it yeah well, thank um, you for having anywhere usually we ask people to like if they want to find out more to send them anywhere anywhere to go because i know you're well you can connect with me on linkedin i've always happy to connect and and you know i used to say we'd go meet for coffee and i probably would do that uh for just about anybody um still you know i'm a heavy big believer in mentoring and you know i think we should be mentoring people uh every day of our life and and all that but mentor them so well that those people that you mentor realize that a mentor helped them out so they turn around Mm -hmm. so when you're mentoring now you have the chance to mentor two generations below you so would probably you know, if I schedule allotted, I'd go meet some people for coffee, but connect with me on LinkedIn. That's the best way to, to find me. Um, or you can go and find out more about Players Health at, at playershealth.com. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, it's been a good journey. It's been a good hour with y'all. Y'all are a hoot. <laughs> and uh, I hope there are some gold nuggets in there to change people's lives and make them be, be, make, make them be better. And onward and upward we go. Well, thank you. And we'll have all that at our notes page over at firsttorrivelastsleeve.com. So, Ted, thank you. Y'all are welcome. Thank y'all so much. Bye.